Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing not because I my mind has turned to mush in quarantine, <laughs> or maybe I am. <laughs> it's good to see you. Oh, man. Oh, so how are you this week? How is quarantine going? Well, I get to leave right after this. Yay! <gasps> Me and my dog are done. Yeah, it's very big. So that feels like it's gone really quick, but I've not been in quarantine, so yeah, <laughs> maybe it was slow for you. <laughs> I mean, it has gone quick. I, I'm going to be honest with you, though. Like, I experienced a lot of emotions, which I thought were normal. But now, as I go back into the real world, I think I may realize is not normal. One, I was like crying for days about the space dog, the Russian space dog. And then the second is I was just doing an ancestry check of my family in Greece. And I've never been interested in this. And so I really found myself going through rabbit holes of emotion and really lots of tears. Uh, gosh, it sounds like mm. anyways, but it was lo- it was lovely. But I'm just going to say if anybody's been in quarantine, your mind starts to change in isolation in subtle ways. Yeah. And in not so subtle ways. <laughs> but I'm so excited. I I think I'm going to go out and get ice cream and it's minus 10. <laughs> uh, why not? Why not? Why Most not? people would be going for hot chocolate, but you go for ice cream. <laughs> well, it's, the ice cream shop is right across the street. I thought, why not? You know, why freeze not? inside and out. <laughs> <laughs> why not indeed? <laughs> so how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I think I connect with what you're saying about the emotion side. I don't know whether there's something in the moon or if it's connected just with how long COVID's going on um but yeah I definitely felt a lot more emotional last week um than I ever have done oh really for no reason yeah oh and maybe this is the moon last week you say yeah interesting yeah Mm, I wonder why that is yeah I'm not sure definitely yeah but yeah we are I mean we're just stuck aren't we in this cycle but I am feeling a bit more positive because we have some great news in Jersey what restaurants are opening oh my gosh so it wasn't just an urban legend (gasps) when when what's the date the 22nd of Feb oh so by the time this podcast goes out restaurants will be open oh my god what are you gonna wear <laughs> oh, I, t- I just can't wait you know yeah. it's a bit like that moment where you're a child that goes into a sweet store or a candy store and goes I just want everything I can't decide whether to have fruit salad gummy bears chocolate oh. I'm in that stage where I'm like where do we go first where do we go where do we go <laughs> oh my gosh how beautiful I am celebrating Woo! yeah yeah congratulations so there is some light at the end of the tunnel um we've also gone above five degrees like i kind of feel nice. like it's warmer today nice. so i'm not wrapped up in um my winter woolies oh yes you do look unwrapped yeah. yes so yeah so i'm feeling a lot more positive this week oh than gosh, i have been the last few weeks oh brilliant i am so excited please tell us everything about going to a restaurant <gasps> I will keep you posted. It will be like informing people back at the prison what the outside world smells like. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? Wow. Oh, oh I celebrate yeah. with you. Just bring every morsel of that experience back to us, please. I will. Including I will. what the bread and olive oil smell uh, taste like. 
(laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Beautiful. All right. Well, Miss Correspondent at the International Desk of Love, what's kicking? Okay. So following on from some of the things that we've been discussing and COVID related, surprise, surprise. So I found an article which talks about the most common relationship issues for cohabiting couples right now. Oh. So we're in the moment. We're feeling this. And yeah, when I read them, I definitely identified with a few of the situations. Uh-huh. So the first thing on the list is, so this article's got problems, but it's also got solutions. You'll be pleased to hear. Oh, yes. Good. So I'm bringing you both. Nice. Okay. So the first problem is your partner is doing your head in. <gasps> Hell yes. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So it says most people, their partners do do the head in from time to time. um, But it doesn't necessarily mean there's anything fundamentally wrong with the relationship. Um, But since we're in this lockdown situation, then people are just noticing it. There's more awareness of it happening on a more frequent basis. So the solution, let me just scroll through this, is to be honest. This is what we talk about. As in like you're doing my head in? Yeah. So don't <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so don't bottle things up. Uh, it's about letting your partner know that you're struggling in a positive way. So maybe don't use the words you're doing my head in. Right. Oh, okay. Maybe the words are I so we know that we start with an I statement, Anna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really struggling with lockdown. I'm really getting some cabin fever. Oh. And I just wanted to explain this to you. And to see if there's anything we could do about it together. Okay, nice. Okay, very good. Okay. Got it. So just be honest. Say that, you know, we're in a difficult time. Talk about the things that you might need. And just be genuine and draw attention to some of the things that you know are happening. So, you know, you might say, look, I know I've been a bit snappish recently. Because often we kind of go to this place where we're struggling with things. So just be honest about that. Be honest about your feelings and what's coming up for you. Nice. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, The next problem is feeling alone in the relationship. Oh my gosh. And that's not a new thing, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think some of these things, they're not new. You're right. These are common things that come up in relationships. I think the challenge that we've got right now is they're being amplified. Yes. And we're seeing them more often. Mm -hmm. We feel like they're a much bigger issue than maybe we would do when we've got other distractions. Yes. So we've got the distractions of an outside world. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember those? I I don't (laughs) at all. That's the thing. So I'm totally feeling cabin fever. Yeah. 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 So just because you're spending all of your time with somebody doesn't mean that you can't feel lonely. Oh, yes. I mean, to be honest, it's not in this relationship as much. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that feeling of loneliness when you're in the middle of a relationship is one of the most desolating feelings. It is. It's a really, really, it's real pain. You feel it at a visceral level, that ache, that heartache of being in a relationship, but still feeling incredibly lonely. Oh yeah. So yeah, I can, I've definitely had that feeling in past relationships. So the solution is to stop avoiding your partner. (laughs) I mean... Wow, I, I don't know why that's a bit of a mic drop for me, but um, <laughs> because when you feel lonely, you're so there's self pity, there's anger, frustration, yeah. there's like I've lost myself, I've given up on myself, and all you yeah. want to do is go into a hole and avoid your partner because they're yeah. just you get triggered by their very presence. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so it all comes down to, again, being kind of honest and communicating how you're feeling. It's not about, I think what we're doing when we're going to that situation where we feel really lonely is we'll then withdraw even more. Mm. So when you say these things out loud, you think, well, that makes no sense. But when you're in the middle of it, it makes perfect sense because yeah. you go, I can't face it. I can't deal with it. I'm just going to wrap myself up in this quilt and ignore everything that's happening right Mm. now because that feels like a really comfortable nice place to be yeah absolutely Ooh, interesting that's a bit that that pushes me into an an uncomfortable zone and that's that's good oh i'm I'm right there with you yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so the next problem is lack of sexual desire oh which like hell yes tell us more (laughs) we've talked about this quite a lot of times so with there being kind of quite a lot of anxiety, quite a lot of stress amongst us, then, you know, being able to actually face sex can feel like, do you know what? That's over there. I can't deal oh, with yeah. it. I am not interested. There are bigger things going on right now. Mm-hmm. So you can see how that the worry and the upset and the pressure of what's happening can really then impact your sex drive. We talked about libidos last week. Yep. So links in with some things that we've already discussed on the podcast. So the solution is to make space for sex. So sometimes desire needs to be triggered. You need to find the right cue. We've talked in the past about, you know, just lie down naked next to each other and see and what see happens. And see what happens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> People call that back to me. They're like, yeah, that was great advice. Yeah. <laughs> if I want to, like, I don't know why I'm in a mood to say this particular thing too, is that... Oh. Sometimes, too, you can also just give yourself permission to be like, I'm going to just allow this to be on the back burner for a week and I'm going to pick this up in a week's time. Sometimes you're like, I am going out of my mind and I need to travel somewhere. I need to go back home to see my family. And until I do that... I'm just not going to be in the zone or we're going to go through the mechanical steps. We're going to try to keep the fire alive, but it's not, we, we all know we're trying. We, and we can feel the effort. It's not going to be effortless right now. And that's okay. Because I know that when I do that one thing that makes me feel human and alive, whether it's travel, seeing your family, getting back to the office, whatever that may be, then I'll be my best self in the bedroom till then. Absolutely. (laughs) You're going to get my like, very lackluster second cousin yeah <laughs> and you you hit upon a great point there and i was we've always got a choice in the situation oh. always so we can choose you know the things that we share every week people have got a choice right whether that works for them doesn't work for them it's not about us saying we're right and you're wrong we're not at all yeah we're sharing a viewpoint you know this relationship news story is sharing some points you have a choice then yeah. about what to do with it and if you want to be have a pity party and that's what you need right now, that feels really good to give yourself that consciously. Yeah. So we've always, always got a choice. Mm-hmm. So the final one, the problem, which I definitely know comes up for quite a number of clients, is you're arguing over the housework. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yes. And there's much to be argued about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so as couples find themselves working from home more and how they're using the home and the space and the cooking and the shopping and the just relentlessness of it all people are actually finding this quite a challenge and they're starting to see that this issue is coming up quite frequently for them so the solution you won't be surprised at this Anna is there one okay go on <laughs> <laughs> is to work together the answer is collaboration oh. So pull together, really discuss what's going on, create a way forward, create a list, share the duties, 
decide how you're going to support each other, but come together and discuss the problem and find a solution together. I like this, yeah. but I want to acknowledge an interim step here. So I think it's mm. been a year now and the, the biggest thing and the biggest cause. So who's initiating inquiries about divorce, right? It's women. Yeah. Because they all thought that their partners would come home and it would be a magical existence. And all of a sudden the partners would have more time that they would have otherwise been on their commute to help around the house. And guess what? They're not yeah. doing that at all. And so mm. there's been a, a year of festering resentment yeah, I totally agree. Open this up to share, but it's going to take the, because one side of the partnership thinks everything is fine. They think yeah. the housework fairies are doing their, uh, the Roombas and the, I don't know, the people who come in in the middle of the night to clean the house, that they're just doing that. Yeah. There is no such housework fairy. So you, if you are the one who's pulling more of the weight, passive aggressive hints are going to work. Little, you know, <laughs> you're going to have to sit them down and be like, I'm doing way too much. I'm super disappointed. I thought that you would come home and we would spend this lockdown being 50-50 on the housework. It ain't happening. And we need to make this 50-50. And feel free to say, when you don't help me with the housework, I feel abandoned. I feel unloved. I feel like, you know, <laughs> I'm sensitive. is this happening for me? I don't know. <laughs> we, we have hit upon a very raw nerve here. There's a nerve here. No, actually, to be honest, we've actually come up with a great balance. We're actually like, my dude has turned into this like Michelin star chef. Uh, but I will say that it came from times where I was freaking out about like, I, you know, you got to do more housework. Yeah. But I would say though in the communication, as soon as you start with a defensive, you're going to be met with a defensive. Ah. So I think that more of the attack style won't work. Yes. Because if somebody yes. turned around and said to you, you need to do a better job, you're just shit at this and I'm doing yeah. everything, your yeah. immediate response is going to be to be defensive in that area. Yeah. Like I'm doing enough or you're not doing this or throwing back yeah. another. Yeah, exactly. Lobbing yeah. the ball back. Yeah. Yeah. So it is approaching it from a position that is less defensive. So yeah. it does go back to that kind of, I'm feeling a bit knackered. I'm feeling like I'm doing quite a lot. Yeah. I don't know how you're feeling, like what's coming up for you, because they may also feel like they're justified and they're doing enough and they're feeling tired. So let's look at kind of how does that it's work? So how can you each get some rest time and, and recuperate if you are both feeling knackered? Yeah. If the other person isn't, then actually being shared that my partner's feeling a bit rubbish. I've now got the chance to do something about it. Yeah, it's true. And also to really see what each other do around the house, because there may be yeah. things you don't even know that they're doing. You don't even value it. You don't imagine yeah. that it takes up t space in their time or their day when it actually yeah. is. I mean, it really might take three hours to put the bin out. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that bin, I tell you, it's a Gosh. bugger to deal with. Oof. Just grateful that you're sorting it out right now. <laughs> True that, true that. And that demonstrates a bit of humor back. But but the one thing that I would encourage you not to do is use passive aggressiveness because yeah. people don't get hints and passive aggressiveness. No. Like you'd think that you're being clear as a bell when you're being passive aggressive. You're not. You're just confusing the other person. Yeah. And if you're ma if they're male, you're confusing them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you also, I think the, some of the respect, I think, starts to disappear because that's often with the passive aggressive behavior. That's often where contempt can start to breed because we're focusing on all the things that our partners are doing that we don't really like. And we're trying to get back at them mm -hmm. in this way that isn't communicating actually either what we don't like or what we're doing about it. So I think it can be a breeding ground. Yeah. And contempt is 
one of the it's a nail in your coffin it is Mm -hmm. it's a nail in your relationship coffin yes absolutely oh those are great lists and i think we need to lean into this now because it's just it's now that we see the light at the end of the tunnel a little bit uh Mm. this is the time where we could really lose our shit so it's it's really good to pull up our socks with some of these things yeah and this situation even when things start to ease a little bit you know I'm celebrating the fact that uh, restaurants are opening. You know, mm-hmm. things are still going to be challenging. We're still going to be working from home. We're still going to um, have restrictions in every day. So that side of it isn't disappearing. And yeah. these things that are coming up are just going to be magnified even more. Mm-hmm. Unless, like you say, we can just lean into that and, and see what we can do about it. So if you recognize any of those things, just be safe in the knowledge that you're normal right now. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the world is joining you on those emotions and those situations that are coming up for you. Yeah. But hopefully there's a few little things there to help you. Yeah, agreed. Thanks, Sarah. That's great. Lots to put into practice. Mm. Yeah. Indeedy. So are you ready for a hot, hot topic? Yes. We need <laughs> some warmth up in here. Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> All righty. So today's hot topic is marriage preparation. Oh, mm. Ooh, okay, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love this. And I'm also like, oh, man, I, I'm really excited to bring to this a different flavor than maybe some of us have heard about this in the past, which is sort of like a denominationally connected thing that you have to do in order to like get married at that really beautiful church that you love that you want to Instagram. (laughs) So let's bring something new and flavorful to the getting in the game mindset for marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And for any long-term partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Not just, yeah. Making that commitment or, you know, maybe it's deciding to move in together. It's kind of taking that next big step where there is some form of commitment. I think you're right. I think it's applicable to more than just marriage for those people that aren't really into marriage. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? So when I got married, there wasn't really any preparation other than the whole kind of wedding preparation around it. So all of the focus was on that kind of one day. So the dress, the invitations, the colour scheme, the blah 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 food you know just long list of things that you kind of checklist that you have to go through you know who's attending who's on the list who's sitting where yeah all of the focus is on that one day there wasn't any focus whatsoever at all on what happens after that day other than planning a honeymoon but then you know beyond the honeymoon there was no focus whatsoever at all on generally life together yes which looking back now just seems ludicrous <laughs> i mean it it is cuz we've said many a time like we were never trained to communicate through the issues of spending a life together yeah they sent us on this journey with like empty backpacks <laughs> yeah but they sent you on this journey with a kind of like just this fairy tale dream of living happily ever after and everything's going to be okay yeah what I liken it to is it's kind of like jumping out of the plane without a parachute, but just having to construct your parachute on the way down. As, as you're free falling. <laughs> as you're free falling. And that's kind of what marriage is like, because actually that is a really... I love it. Yeah, because the thing is, you'll start to hit bumps in the road in communication, yeah. and you'll realize, I don't know what's going on here. I don't have any tools for this. Yeah. And before the marriage like hits some sort of like ground you're gonna have to 
scramble to figure out like, how do I build communication tools before I start to create permanent rifts in the relationship? And you mentioned contempt, like before Mm. some of the nails in the coffin of our relationship start to be banged in. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm now just imagining myself falling out of a plane without a parachute. (laughs) I mean, nobody would do that, right? But yeah, (laughs) we all go to the altar. (laughs) It feels okay for the first 30 seconds and then I'm kind of, and then I'm screaming for dear life. (laughs) Oh, I mean, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. So if you were to to design a commitment prep course, a marriage, moving in, moving our relationship to the next level, how would you design such a course? So I think one of the first things I'd really think about is expectation. Mm, Okay. So expectation can spoil a really good party. (laughs) (laughs) Because, so we talk about the the stories that we create, the thoughts that we have, the the amount of time that we spend inside of our own head creating Mm. something. I Mm. think we do the same thing really. When we start off in a relationship, we think, oh yeah, this person, they're going to be amazing. Mm. We're never going to have any fights. We're never going to have any arguments. Um, They're just going to do all the things that I want to do. They're going to contribute to the housework 50-50. They're going to do... They're going to fill my needs. Yeah, they're just, they're going to listen to me when I want to be listened to. They're going to watch that movie that I want to do. And we're just going to have this lovely, perfect life together. Mm Mm-hmm. The reality is it's not like that. Um, so Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah not at sorry. all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think it's about actually sitting down and, and having a conversation that says, how do you see our life together being? And talk about really bring it down to some situational moments around, you know, how do you see things being on like a week to week basis? Like how often do you think we'll spend time together? How often do you think we'll spend time apart? will we always holiday together like or will we want to do things with other people like talk about the financial situation maybe talk about some potential challenges like how would we deal with that you know some of the obvious things are around do you want children if you're not yet married and it's not about the marriage side of it but it's about that commitment or the moving in together like do you want to get married like really Mm. understand somebody's thoughts views their vision for the future Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they're really tough discussions to have, right? Because oh nobody wants to have that conversation and suddenly find out that you're polar extremes apart yes. in terms of your vision or your yes. view for the future. But what I'd say to you, especially if you approach a marriage, you want to have that conversation pre-marriage or do you want to have that 10 years in where it's not working and it's suddenly oh. going to cost you thousands of pounds and a whole load of heartache to sort out in yes. a divorce court? Oh, that's oh, that makes perfect sense. If I can also bring in something that actually may be a bit more shocking, which is your own psychological contract. And this is something I'm kind of playing with because I'm I'm realizing that we go into relationship with untold expectations where we don't realize what we actually expect. And it's really interesting yeah. to get real good and truthful with yourself. Sit down mm. and come up. Your psychological contract is, you know, what are the untold unspoken expectations that I have how do I expect my partner to fill my needs yeah and when you do this don't censor yourself like get real honest because you're going to start to see some really funny things starting to come up and bring it out for what it is I expect my partner to be with me every night I don't want to ever feel abandoned there's an interesting thing isn't it about 
I remember having a conversation with somebody once about um, what time you go to bed. Yes. And do you go to bed together at the same time? So it's even little things like that, isn't it? Where, you know, you may think, well, actually, no, I kind of, um, it's important for me that we go to bed at the same time every night, that we have kind of a little nighttime ritual. Whereas somebody else might say, actually it's really important for me to have some time on my own and the end of the day is when I want to do that. Exactly. And what's interesting is the boundaries too. your psychological contract involves the boundaries, the expectation that somebody will give me this, this space at this time when I need it. So what's interesting is actually, first of all, get clear on your psychological contract, start to realize that like, hmm, Maybe all of these can't realistically be filled by another person. And then like any negotiation, you bring your two contracts to the table and you're saying, I'm realizing that I have walked into this relationship feeling a need for X. And the other person may say, well, interestingly, that clashes with my need for Y. And then Mm. you can start to sort out the terms like, will we go to bed like 30% of the time together and 70% apart? But we get married not even knowing the details of the contract. Like nobody yeah. would sign on to a job or a record deal or anything like this. But yeah, we do it all the time. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Be honest with yourself about your expectations. And again, spoiler alert, your expectations are going to be unrealistic. Mine are. Mine are totally. Yeah. I've had to actually rejig my contract to what's actually practical. Yeah. But the other part of that as well, though, is around understanding what your needs are and expecting somebody else to fill them Mm. is where it's unrealistic. And often where things go wrong in relationships is where we are expecting somebody else to fill a gap Mm. that we have not tried to fill ourselves. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. I feel like if you can nail that in marriage or like bringing your relationship to the next level, that is everything. I think that's the missing piece that no one knows about. This is yeah. the this is the secret sauce. But it's that whole element, isn't it, about learning to love yourself. So yeah. I've got a blog that's dropping today, which will be out by the time that this Ooh. podcast comes out, which is all around learning to love yourself. So I think there's an element of self-exploration before we go into any big relationship where we do actually understand who we are we understand where our challenges are and we're honest with ourselves so that we can then be honest with somebody else yes so and that you know that's another fundamental part of marriage preparation is how comfortable am I being honest with this person that I'm committing to spend the rest of my life with and do I want to commit to spending the rest of my life with somebody in a dishonest way like when we paint these things and we say them out loud, you think, well, no, I don't, I don't want to be dishonest. But yeah, we do it all the time because yes. we're scared to be vulnerable. We're scared to kind of open up about who we are. And some of the areas that we perceive as a weakness, they're not. They're just the things about us that yeah. we haven't yet combated or they're a part of us because of some life experience. And so there's something that we as a couple need to acknowledge and understand to be able to respond in the right way. Yes. That's actually really cool to say that because if you start to look at your expectations and you experience shame, you're just you're just going to try to hide it. And then you're going to kind of yeah. turf it the ball back to the other court to say, oh, but you should know what I want and fulfill my needs. That's your role. Yeah. But the brilliant thing is it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to get really comfortable with what expectations you bring into the relationship 
and look at them for sometimes they're a little hilarious like they're so unrealistic sometimes yeah. but to know that to love it to share it to communicate it and then yeah. like any negotiating you know to say look I I really understand that you're coming into this relationship thinking that we don't need to spend any time together because you need your independence and you want to play video games but can we negotiate that a little bit because like it's not realistic for you to stay in a relationship mm. where we never spend time together like that's unrealistic. Yeah. It's not realistic for me to insist we spend all our time together, but there's a middle ground. And you can yeah. you can start to see like kind of the ridiculousness of both your starting positions and maybe find yeah. a bit of humor <laughs> around that. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's the key though. Where is your starting position? So we don't really have that conversation that says, yeah. I'm starting from here. Where are you starting from? Yes. Are we anyway aligned? Is there anything yeah. where we're connected? Um, where are the big gaps? What do we need to address before we go into this? Yeah. And assume that your starting positions are going to be like on Venus and Pluto. Like they they really yeah. will be so far and shockingly apart. And just like you're saying, the honesty of declaring where you stand, which planet yeah. you stand on is embarrassing, but super important. Well, I had quite a big declaration at the start of my relationship. Oh, what was that? <laughs> which was, so I started off with this big speech about why we shouldn't be together. Oh, And so I literally just kind of reeled off all of these reasons uh -huh. where I was like, yeah, no, I'm not in a good place. I'm not, I can't have a relationship. I'm not very good at them. Like I just reeled off all of these oh. things. And the thing that secured my other half a date. So at the time we were just kind of friends, oh. although everyone else around me was like, they're not just friends. <laughs> yeah. um, I was not giving into any of it. Uh -huh. But the thing that secured him an actual date was he said, look, I don't want to marry you. I don't want to move in with you. I don't want to change your life. I just want to see how things go. Ooh, my gosh. That's so, just so romantic. You know, so sometimes it is about just saying, look, this is where I'm at, but knowing that you won't be in that place forever. So we're five years on, right? I'm not in that place of pure independence that I was in before. Mm. I'm not in that place of, you know, I can't plan anything with you. I don't want to commit to anything. I don't want to, you know, I had a whole list of things that I wasn't going to do. And those things change over time. So we change as people over time. So just yeah. because you've got, you're at a certain point, doesn't mean you'll stay there forever. So even if it is like, you know, I, I, I love gaming and I game 24 seven and the thought of having to do something else like fills me full of dread. Well, actually just try it on for size, try a little bit of it. And you may find there are some other things that are better than gaming. <laughs> I, I love it. There are, there are definitely better There are a few gaming. things I can think about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sneak peek oh that is awesome so yeah so knowing that your declaration at the start won't be a declaration at the end <laughs> i love that and it's there's a trust in the process yeah. in that yeah there is oh that's gorgeous i feel like we'd run a really fun marriage prep course with lots of expletives <laughs> and you know because for me like i had a religious upbringing so i did sort of know that folks would go to the church for like marriage prep and stuff and i and for me it always had a bad taste in my mouth because i was like well they're just going to tell you all the things you can't do or that are immoral or wrong and yeah. for me i just judgment and shame are just things i try to eliminate in every corner of my life and so i always kind of associated like marriage prep with like oh judgment and shame and you know a lot of women shaming lot you know lots of yeah ooh, but these are tools I can use. Like this is like, mm. yeah, let's let's get the backpack filled and let's fill up the tank before we head off on our journey. Yeah. And it, it's interesting, isn't it, that you say that about actually you had a certain view about what it was. And as we're kind of talking about it, the thing that comes to mind for me is 
let's just have a really fun time exploring each other and views and without kind of that big attachment to you know what's going to happen on the other side of it or somebody being right and wrong if we pop aside that there's a right way or a wrong way to be as a person as a human being because we're all different right and it's just about understanding each other so that we don't get confused when some of the trickier times come up so if we see it as a real kind of fun way to explore what's happening and who we are as people who doesn't want to do that yeah totally if you reframe it like that i'm signing up yeah i'm in for fun i'm in for curious i'm in for no judgment no right or wrong i love it yeah and just learning more about each other yeah that sounds really cool i think i'm into this this whole like (laughs) commitment prep course yes let's do it (laughs) we should run one in greece we should i think i'm gonna mention greece in every podcast now yeah yeah santorini here we come <laughs> if anybody wants to sign up by the way just send an email to uh, info at geordielast.com <laughs> i love what you're saying because sarah and i have been like throwing around the idea of doing a, some sort of retreat in southern europe and uh it's kind of like we do it if we're just waiting for like the little nudge of the mm. rock down the hill yeah i've had some more thoughts on that we'll discuss it Ooh. later Um, (laughs) so I think the other thing that comes up for me in terms of marriage prep is acknowledging and recognizing and voicing the fact that conflicts will come up Mm, and what does that mean and how will you handle them yeah and that it's a healthy part of your relationship yeah so we're really really bad as human beings at dealing with conflict so Anna and I use a tool as part of coaching which is a self-awareness tool and um, I've yet to see a profile yet that doesn't say within it that somebody doesn't like conflict so we're naturally averse to conflict and we've talked Mm -hmm. about this before on the podcast conflict is just difference it's a difference so if we if you know we stop using the word conflict and we say how are we going to handle differences that come up it feels a, a little bit more less energetically charged yeah but it's important to have that conversation whilst we're not in the difference and the difficulty that kind of stems as part of that you know before we get to the plate smashing um hurling abuse at each other stage calling them a wanker (laughs) before we hit any of that um (laughs) let's just discuss what we think we'll do or how maybe we discuss kind of how we've been in conflict before and the reactions that we had yeah so you'll have a natural pattern that you'll have a place Mm -hmm. that you go to Mm. what is that share that with your other half and then also share actually when I'm in this place this is what would really work for me Mm. is if you do xyz then that's gonna stop me from retreating further or whatever pattern it is that's coming up for you learn kind of about your other half learn what their responses and reactions are and then find a way to have a common language to be able to help to dig yourself out of the hole because the hole will come at some point um, and that bump in the road will be there and you'll need to find a way out of it a solution oh yes And there's no relationship ever that is going to avoid the need for these things. Like no relationship, there's no amount of lust and love that you have right now that is going to ameliorate the need for these. Yeah. I've tried. I thought that I could. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought like me and my dude coming together, you know, it's cross-continental romance. We've just struggled so hard. We've sacrificed so hard, you know, four years of long distance to be together. We're finally together and our love will see us through. Well, that was the biggest load of horseshit. Like that immediately started falling apart. Yeah. And then we've had to construct our parachutes on the way down at terminal velocity. (laughs) So don't do what I did. 
pack your bag before, <laughs> build your parachute before, check to see if it works. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, this is great. Yeah, Sarah, I love your perspective on this. And it's real. It's fun and joyful. Like there's nothing burdensome about what you're saying, but it's a mind bending new realization or way to look at how we enter long term relationship. Yeah. I think it's just being open, transparent, being honest. It's facing up to some of those difficult conversations and difficult questions. Yeah. They only feel difficult because we're scared of the outcome. Yeah. We're scared of what yeah. we might discover. But instead of thinking about it in that way, if we think, well, actually, they put us in a really strong position to have like a really healthy marriage. Yeah. You know, and it's rare for somebody to start a marriage and not want that to have some longevity and to really have a commitment. Um, yes. So if you can do something that helps you with that commitment and helps you stay together yeah. um, and helps you build a healthy relationship, who wouldn't want to do that? Exactly. I'm in. Sign me up. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Greece, here we come. Yes. Oh my gosh, please. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything you want to add? Anything you think that we're missing, Anna? I think that's great. I mean, the thing is, there's so much that you could tackle here. But if those just those two things is getting real with your own expectations, sharing those expectations with another and negotiating those, and yeah. then getting comfortable with conflict and learning each other's conflict styles and preparing for conflict. I hate courses that tell me like, too much stuff that missed the forest yeah. for the trees. Keep it simple. Yeah. I would keep this whole marriage thing simple. It's like, here are the two things that you pack in your backpack. You're going to need more. Yeah. You'll find those out. But these are the two main things that'll see you through. And you're right, because actually those two things in themselves are quite big. Oh, my God. Um, they're they're so, lifelong. <laughs> they're yeah. lifelong struggles. Yeah. 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 So it is about not feeling overwhelmed and not... Um, you know, I think the thing for me is you're entering into something that's fun. It's yeah. enjoyable. It's excitable. It's you've got a whole world of opportunity and possibility in front of you yeah. to be connected to somebody in a way that feels safe and secure and loving yeah. and a way to kind of safeguard that is, as you say, to just focus on those couple of things. Oh, beautiful. Sounds lovely. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. So yes. I know there are lots of people who've put off their marriages, they've, um, they've ah. had to postpone wedding plans because of that just small global pandemic that's going on. Just a wee bit, yeah. Just Yeah, it's just slightly disrupted lives. Um, <laughs> but maybe the opportunity within that, the gift within that is to just take some time to just really look at some of these areas. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so feel quite energized now yes yes buzzing are yep. you ready for the question <gasps> let's go <laughs> all righty so this week's question i'm really looking forward to discussing this um so this week's question is i'm in my late 20s and i've never dated anybody i don't know where to start I love this. I love Me this. Too. And it's it's so common. We see this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So first of all, I think what this question is not saying is like when you reach your late 20s, there's a lot of FOMO going on. There's a lot of like, oh, I'm too late. Why didn't this start a decade earlier? I got to acknowledge somebody who comes with that sort of openness. Mm. And I'm going to acknowledge that 
there may be some difficult feelings that, you know, sometimes people are like, is this ever going to happen for me? Uh, I've had struggles in the past connecting with people. Maybe you've been very busy. Maybe you've had a hard course of study. Um, Maybe there's been experiences in the past that you've been trying to avoid and therefore kind of keep free and single. But all this to say is that I I know you're coming in with a a mix of emotions to this this Mm. question. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I can imagine that this person is filled with a lot of some of the more kind of negative messages that maybe are contributing to some low self-esteem, which is then creating a negative cycle. So, you know, the lots of the thoughts that could potentially be going on are, you know, nobody's ever going to want me. This is not normal. How I'm feeling. What have I got to offer? Everyone else is more experienced. So I think there's a whole host of kind of limitations there that are coming up. What I would say is there's a reason. So there's a reason that this person, as you say, has put off entering into the relationship world and really going and exploring that. There's a reason. Mm. And that reason can be turned into a strength. So there'll be something within that. So I'd really encourage this person before they even start dating anybody so I think there's a step before you even so the question is I don't know where to start Mm. I'd say before you start get your own internal dialogue into a healthy position because when we're not coming at this from a healthy mindset a healthy place we're going to come at it from quite a you know we could potentially come at it from quite Mm. a desperate place which Mm. then we sacrifice who we are you know having somebody is not better than being alone so just having anybody for the sake of it is not better what you really want is to have somebody who's right for you so don't compromise who you are just to get anybody because it's not gonna go well so I'd say get really really clear about why it is that you have waited I see that as a real kind of strength like I've not just settled for Mm. doing what everybody else has done I'm my own person I've got my own mind Um, Mm. I'm really aware of kind of what was right for me for the last you know however many years and I wasn't ready and now I feel ready so I'd really kind of look at what's gone on before yeah why was that important to you and what has changed now what's different for you that you're now ready to face a dating life yeah Gosh, that is so true. And actually, I want to build on that, this beautiful thought of like turning this into a strength. I was a bit late to the game only, I mean, the thing is, not for lack of interest, I, I was perceived as weird. And so when everybody else was like, you know, having partners and like cooking up and that sort of thing, like, I, I kind of had a, a little bit of stuff going on here. But like, I just, um, I kind of was the person that people weren't really attracted to like guys weren't really attracted to and I was told many a time that I was just weird mm. and so that in my head was sort of the thing that stood in the way of me having a relationship but now what I realize is that that was what stood me stood in the way of having immature relationships yeah. but as it turned out as as I grew older I would start to meet people who'd kind of grown into that and wouldn't see that as weird, but see that as eclectic or see that as interesting or humorous or or whatever. So I started to reframe the messages about myself, mm. that I'm weird message, like people don't like me because I'm weird, I'm not attractive, whatever. But I started to see myself as like a wine that just needed a few years to uh, yeah. mature. Yeah. And that was, gosh, that, <laughs> to be honest... That's taken many, many years to start mm. to reframe. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's hard not to be the popular kid in school. Yeah, but it's not until you get older that you realize actually none of that was really important. 
Like I get it at the yes. time, you're in it yeah. and it feels like the most horrendous thing in the world. Yeah. But in reality, none of that is important because yeah. when you get older, the popular person doesn't really matter. Yeah, you don't it see it so much. We're just people that have all got something valid to offer the world. Yeah. And and by the time you get up into your 20s and your late 20s, everybody's kind of found their place. Like yeah. the weird kids have, have probably become very successful and they've kind of done their own thing and found their niche. And, and so now there is a place for you to fit with everything that you are. Yeah. And there are people for you. I think it's really important to examine your limiting beliefs from your childhood, high school, yeah. college experiences, because just like you say, the scene is actually really different. It becomes very different when you come into your late 20s. Yeah. And it is just about looking at what's the story that I'm telling myself about this situation? Mm. How healthy is that? How is that working for me? How will that be for me as I go into a relationship? And if it's not coming from a place that is going to serve you and is going to work for you, mm-hmm. how can you look at that differently? Yeah, absolutely. And the beautiful thing about going out into the dating world is falling down is part of the game and just having a lot of experiences, a lot of things won't work out. And it's a learning experience, just like you mentioned, making it fun, making it curious, giving yourself the room to eh, to fall down, have some total flops as dates. Yeah. Be rejected, right? It's part it's part of it. Yeah. And those those experiences are the things that you'll talk about for years to come. Oh yeah, remember when I had that really <laughs> remember I had that really terrible date. Oh yeah. So you know, yeah. we all go through those experiences. So I think, you know, what I'm hearing from you is just approach it with some fun, approach it with some curiosity. Don't expect things to work out straight away because they probably won't. Yeah. But just try things on for size and I think what I would say just to kind of add to that slightly is try and go for a stretch that isn't a stress. Mm. So don't stress yourself out about it. So don't, you know, release the pressure valve, but just try and nudge yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone, but not to the point where it becomes too stressful and there's too much pressure. I love that. I just wrote a a little post that I wear a stretch goal and, um, I kind of don't come from the business world where that's sort of parlance, but like, uh, Mm. I really like it. And I'm wondering if you would mind defining that just a bit, because I think this is a really important concept. Yeah. So what I'm talking about is we often, well, we live in our comfort zone quite a lot Mm. and things are comfortable to us because we know how to do them and they make us feel safe. We kind of trust where we are and we feel comfortable. We feel quite nice there. But when we, as human beings, we're always capable of more than we think we are. Mm. And we've got more of that inside of us than we think we are. Mm. And the new things that we learn in life that kind of feel like a stretch in the beginning are the things that then we begin to feel comfortable about. So if we think, you know, we're born, we don't know how to walk, talk, feed ourselves. We don't have any of those skills, right? If as babies, if we never (laughs) stretched ourselves to learn those things, you know, we'd all be crawling around on the floor wearing a nappy, right? (laughs) Asking somebody else to feed us. I know. We all had to sit on the toilet first time. That was terrifying for all of us. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Wondering where your poo was going to go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The big, big hole. (laughs) (laughs) So if we can kind of just nudge ourselves out of the comfort zone, you know, learn how to walk, talk, eat, 
all by ourselves, then it's possible to grow as a human being. So, you know, when it comes to kind of dating, I might not be comfortable writing a profile, but if I just kind of stretch myself a little bit, not to the point where it becomes so stressful that I can't eat, sleep, um, and it's occupying every kind of waking thought and I'm really anxious about it, yeah. Mm. So as long as we're not pushing ourselves to the degree where it's becoming a real big hindrance in our life as long as we just feel a little bit uncomfortable we kind of feel a little bit kind of short of breath when we're kind of approaching it then that's okay that's normal to feel Mm. that way but once we've learned that skill and we pushed ourselves out of that comfort zone to do something that we weren't quite comfortable with we'll have learned something new we'll have learned how to do something new thank you for defining that that is really nice and I think that takes a lot when somebody's saying, look, I want to learn how to start dating. There's going to be some stretching. You don't want to stress yourself, but you're not, you can't stay in your comfort zone if you want to take on something new like this. Yeah. And you can stay in your comfort zone if that's what you want. If you want things not to change. So we've all, remember, mm. we've always got a choice. Yeah. So you've got a choice. You can. But the reason that this person is is exploring it is to say, you know, I'm guessing, is to say, well, actually, I'm, I'm kind of in my late 20s now. I don't want to be single forever. Yeah. I want to approach a relationship. And part of approaching a relationship is you're going to have to do things that you haven't done before. Yeah. You're going to have to learn how to eat by yourself. <gasps> yeah. Oh, nice. Right on. I'm loving the baby analogy right now. I love it. I love it. And that, but it's completely, it's hitting me in all the right places. Yeah. So what kind of things might you say to this person as they're starting off on this journey that might inspire them or reassure them? Because it's kind of scary, to be honest. It is scary. And I guess there's one of the kind of coaching philosophies that really comes up for me is there are no mistakes. Oh, yeah. So I think one thing is being open. So I think as human beings, we're very good at saying we're open and not being at the same time. Yep. Uh (laughs) So like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm totally open to dating, but I'm never going to put myself out there. Yes, yes. Being open to whatever comes your way and remembering that whatever happens, there are no mistakes. Mm. And if you can go into it with an open mindset and believe that there are no mistakes, you'll be quite fearless Mm. about some of the things that you do. That is a beautiful thing to to pack along in the journey. Yeah. And approach it with fun as well. But fun is one of my values. So that's why I always bring it in. Yes, I love it. I love it. (laughs) No, and you bring the fun into our podcast because like sometimes I get real serious and oh my gosh, I just need a good belly laugh sometimes. And that's what you bring. And and that's when you have a shitty date or when you put yourself out there and you get nothing back or when somebody ghosts you, these are things where a little bit of fun and humor and just, you know, there are no mistakes and it's a bit of a laugh. And you'll talk about this at Thanksgiving some years later. Yeah, but it's interesting, the ghosting thing, because that comes up quite a lot for people. And instantly, the first thing that they do is to go to the self and blame the self. And this is why I'm saying it's really, really important to get your story sorted out before you start to put yourself in that vulnerable position. Because we are, when we go into the dating world, when we go to connect with somebody else romantically, we are opening ourselves up. We are being vulnerable, but we need to be vulnerable in order to grow and to have those experiences. But the more that you can sort out your own self-worth and your own self-being, somebody ghosts you, then you're like, well, that's their loss. It's not mine. Like if they're not interested, then that's fine. They weren't the right person for me. Or if they're scared or if they're sabotaging themselves, then that's not my problem. That's on them. Yeah. 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 Exactly. 
Yeah. It's just like, you know, packing your bags for how to deal with conflict. Like when you're heading into a long-term commitment, same thing is here is how are you going to deal with rejection? Yeah. I love that. Because it's going to happen. Yeah. I love that. We always managed to link the uh, hot topic and the question. I well know, done. You got it in this. there. Hello. Right at the last minute. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but that's incredible. Like, you know how they say that the most successful people in the job hunt are those who say, I'm going to go out and collect 100 rejection letters. Yeah. And the gurus of like landing your great job will yeah. say, Go out there with a fun, like, I'm just going to see how many people can reject me. Yeah. Oh, no. At number 34, they actually hired me. Oh, shit. I guess I'm not going to get that <laughs> 100 rejection letters. But be prepared to collect a little yeah. pile. Same in the dating world. Be prepared to hit duds, rejections, yeah. silence, ghosting. And if yeah. you can collect yourself together and say, I'm pretty fabulous. Yeah. The other thing that's just coming up for me there as you're talking is, be open to the relationship, but also be open to where you're going to meet somebody. Because oh. I just heard some lovely stories just recently about uh, people who met people in, met their husbands in different situations. Mm. So one person had faced a challenge in their career, which then put them serendipitously. Mm -hmm. on a plane where they met this person who was in a similar situation they ended up a few months later traveling the world together and then got married <gasps> isn't that amazing yes so just be open to kind of where you might meet somebody but i think being open to having a relationship means you will attract people naturally yeah. in different circumstances there was somebody i can't remember what i was watching recently where they said where did you meet and it transpired that he had come to fix her satellite dish <laughs> and he spent <laughs> twice as long fixing the satellite dish because there was nothing wrong with satellite dish by that point, but he just wanted to be in this in this oh. person's company. And he plucked up the courage to ask her for drinks and then um, sure enough, they got married and that's how they got it together. Oh. So there's loads of like weird and wonderful reasons and places and ways. I think if you're open to a relationship and you, you know, fully believe in who you are, then you will attract somebody. And to that I say, open up your energy to other people. We yeah. live a lot of our life very closed. We keep our eye contact down. We we don't interact with other people. We don't smile. We don't we are very bordered and closed off in many aspects yeah. of our life. And yeah. you know, safety permitting, what would it be like to just open up your energy yeah. and put the oh come in, I'm open sign. Oh, that sounds a little that's a little, oh, a little hello. sketchy, but like, <laughs> you know, emotionally coming, I'm open. I'm open to conversations with people. I'm yeah. open to trying something new or striking up a yeah. connection where, yes, in an air airport departure lounge or yeah. at a psych hospital, like where I met my husband. Yeah. Yeah. I met mine by the side of a pool. <laughs> <gasps> See? Anything's possible. Yes. I feel quite excited, actually. <laughs> I know. I feel like I want to get in the dating game with this person and be like, let's go. Let's have fun. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Just embrace it and enjoy it. Yeah. I think is the message. I love yeah. it. Beautiful. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that has been a spicy week. Mm. I don't think we ever have non-spicy weeks anymore, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we always have weeks that we enjoy, which is a good thing, because um, otherwise I'm not sure we could do what we do. Yeah, I agree. 
I'm so glad that the restaurants are opening up in Jersey and that whoever this is, this if they're living in Jersey, then maybe they've got some indoor dates, some not yes. hanging out by a dock eating fish and chips, like actually going into a restaurant like a civilized person. Absolutely. Having a nice plate of pasta and <sighs> nice red wine, a fireplace going in the corner. Ooh. Oh, I can't wait to go out. Oh, I'm so excited. I know. Now I want to start dating. I'm like... <laughs> Is there room for me as 42-year-olds just to get in the dating scene? There's just one small complication. <laughs> well, I was going to say there is, but not whilst you're married. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. I'm not really sure you should hit that button just yet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just Maybe me and my dude have to get out on dates, but we do not have yeah. open restaurants, nor are we located within a thousand kilometers of each other. So actually, yeah. no, we are 740 kilometers away from each other. But anyways... April 1st, it'll be date time. Hopefully the restaurants will open in New York. I'm hoping. Yay. Hope, guys. Fish and chips up there. Fish and chips at the the Hudson River. Better than nothing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Go for it. Do it. Beautiful. Oh, thanks, Sarah. All right. Got me in the mood for romance. Well, you're in the mood to go out and have your ice cream. I'm like going out and I'm going to freeze inside and out. Skipping down the street, you are. I swear, licking subway poles. (laughs) just watch you don't slip and fall (laughs) see that's the thing is right now the danger for me well covid is a danger but also like yeah ice yeah big danger yeah take it easy will do will do stick to the main roads that's what i told my daughter when we did actually get some snow in jersey so this is her first winter driving yeah so she went off and i was just beside myself but she did say uh, (laughs) she's very good at managing me as my daughter um she said to me well i'm gonna have to learn at some point Ooh, sensible can't battle that one she I was like annoyed and impressed all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. That's it's like, damn a... you. I'm Ooh. so proud of you right now. <laughs> so proud of you. You and your manipulation tactics, they're working. Oh yeah, no end, no end. Not 17 years out of the womb and she's just yeah. busting this stuff out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Gosh. So yeah, stick to the main roads. I'll say the same thing to you. Will do. All right, but enjoy your freedom. and you. um Enjoy the... The Canada snow. Oh, thank you so much. And have a glass of wine inside by the fireplace for me, if you would. Oh, I will. Mm. I will. We've still got another week or so. Oh, a week today they open. It's a week today. It's a week today. Yeah, so a week today, um, restaurants will be open in Jersey. So enjoy. Nice. Just don't get too close to each other. Yeah, exactly. Keep keep up with the masks. Nobody like pee in the pool on this one, right? Like if we mess this up. We're going to get our rights taken away from We're us gonna again. We're going to be straight back. We're going to be straight back indoors again. Exactly. Right? So whatever you do, don't fuck it up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the official word from Jordy Lass and Doc Sass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Always for every area of your life. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> All right. I feel we should go. We've, we've hung around too long. We're like those yeah. guests at the end of a party that never leave. 100%. <laughs> All right. Till next week. Till next week, Sarah. Bye. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.